0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world.
0: Georgia's
1: box. All the Welcome back to Georgia's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And I you know, it's it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. It is, it is. Listen, we are not far from first place. We're two games out. We were almost a billion games out. We just had a decent week. It is, we're recording this on Monday. I am still hungover from Saturday. I couldn't even remember what day it was that I drank. That's where we're at. Nick, how are you doing?
2: I'm okay. You know, it was another four and two week that could have been a five and one week that should have been a five and one week. Now part of this might be I went to all three games. I'm utterly exhausted. I feel like I just went to war. Serotonin is low. You know, morale is low. We're just trying to get through it, man. You could have used a Monday off day to, this week. I could have, and if I didn't work from home, I might have done it. But I'm a soldier, man. Just, just. No, it, I just mean
1: go. from like from having to watch a game tonight.
2: Oh yes, no, I kind of do wish we were off tonight. And it's an eight o'clock game, which is going to be a midnight, yeah, night. You, you know, so no, it was tough. But the odds of me see seeing the end of this it. game are very low. Ideally, it's Cole. They're up eight to one in the seventh, and you can just go to bed. I'm sticking it out.
1: Regardless. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. I am so hungover still did i i mean i saw you on saturday night did i see him gone yeah you were gone as soon as as soon as i got the pickles i was like oh he's fucked up oh wow that early in the game i was yeah lost. yeah because i gave you a hug and you're like we should kiss and i was like ah, it's, that's okay but, but it's, it's good to see you <laughs> well because we've got vaccines it was right. a vaccine joke <laughs> i kept telling everyone i was going to kiss them um yeah man i mean where do you want to start? You want to just start talking about Baltimore first? I guess we should. Yeah.
2: So Friday night, I don't know. So I got obviously I got down Friday night. Me, Tom, Dave, John, um, my buddy Corey. And I didn't know those guys were going. Were were
1: going. Like, yeah, I, they could
2: only go Friday. So yeah, it's that's shame. Crazy. I missed them. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. So we go Friday, and uh, to be honest, in the beginning of the Friday game, I was just pouting. Like they were down four to two and like, you know, I don't get mad. I just get pouty and cranky. And I was kind of just sitting in my seat like that, just furious. We're going to lose to the Orioles again. And then Gio Urshela with probably the at bat of the season comes up in a 12 pitch at bat and had to go ahead
1: pinch hit three run homer. And the night was saved. He, it was amazing that someone didn't start the game was available off the bench. And then when there was an opportunity for him to come off the bench, he did and delivered. (laughs)
2: I think your boy, Negative Neil wrote, he was like, you know, Urshela wasn't healthy enough to start, but he was healthy enough to come in and hit a pinch hit three run homer and then play three innings in the field.
1: So which I guess is, he's okay. Which is fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Guy's got to get days off, half days off. That guy's battling an injury. He's never going to get a hundred million dollar contract. So, you know, take your days. That would have been a horrible loss. It was more relief than excitement for me. Because that
2: would have been that would have been devastating. To lose a Kluber game at Baltimore on a Friday night, it would have been devastating.
1: Yeah. It it was a good team win. Like I was just like, all right, hey, we came back. We did this as a team. I've got to pay attention till the end of the game. <laughs> And Judge is on fire. He hit the two
2: homers Friday night. The first at bat his first at bat of the game, top of the first. He goes deep off of Kramer, pretty much down the left field line. Then I think in the third, he goes basically dead center. I mean he was just ripping the shit out of the ball all weekend basically.
1: Yeah. I wanted five home runs out of him. I was like, use this as a get right. We'll take four. You know, yeah. Four right? is not a complaint. I mean the Friday night game, like you said, you know, you're playing Baltimore, it's a Friday night. You're you know, you're you've kicked off vacation. I'm mentally preparing for. I'm re. I'm trying to relearn how to leave my house because, like, I haven't traveled. You know, <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. gone anywhere. So it was like, how do I pack a bag? I got to bring the dogs to new borders on Saturday morning. You know, got to pack the kid up to leave. It's a lot going on, dude. I got down there on Saturday, and I had. I stayed at the uh, Hampton Inn that's attached to Pickles. And, you know, as I came around that bend and saw Pickles driving and I was just like, I'm ready. I am so ready to go. I was up at 530 in the morning on Saturday. I saw you tweeted at five in the morning. I was like, what is he doing? I woke up and just started thinking about good times. (laughs) <laughs> it happens. I'm like a child like that. If something big is going on, like uh I do Lions Day every January and that starts at nine a. I'm up at five. I just I wake up, I can't go back to sleep, I start thinking about the fun. Um that's and, a real thing. Yeah. I mean and if you don't get that, like I don't know, maybe you're like cool, calm, and collected, maybe you're just not excited about anything. But like I don't get excited about a lot. So like when it happens, I'm I'm good to go. So yeah, we got down there and um Went to brunch with Tiana and Andrea and then my buddy RDT from last week joined us and Banks from Barstool joined us. Um, and I don't know if it had to do with COVID or what, but like this place that advertises like all you could drink brunch is like, we don't do that anymore, which is totally fine. And they were like, you can get any drink you want in a bucket. And I was like, what a bucket. And they pointed out it was a Chinese food container. <laughs> And they were like, you get any drink you want in a Chinese food container for 10 bucks. If you get a mimosa or a Bloody Mary, we'll give you your next one for 5 And I was just like, well, the ingredients of a vodka club with a splash of orange juice are cheaper than Bloody Mary. So can I just do that? And then I drank two of those, like two Chinese food containers of vodka to start the day. That's like we, ten drinks, right? Probably ten standard drinks. Is it no. say in health class? No, I would say it was maybe like five, five. Okay, Probably like five, right. five drinks, and um, and I was feeling that because I don't really drink anymore. Um, enough that in the time frame that I had it, we got to the next bar, and I immediately realized that I left my card at the first bar. So I was like, "I'm back. Nature is healing. I have left my credit <laughs> card somewhere." Where did you go between Brunch and Pickles? Like where was that second bar? So we were supposed to go to One Star Country Club, but it was just full of fucking bros. Yeah. And like they were having a great time and I'm just a little too old for that and my wife was just like, "No, we're not going in there." <laughs> yeah. So we went to this uh like beer garden like two doors down from it. Um and uh had two drinks there. That was like, why would we just go to Pickles at this point? But we went. Next thing you know, I'm chugging a Natty Bow before I get in an Uber. Um, And then pickles, there was like a long wait for a table and I just like – turns out like one of the girls who worked there was from the Bronx and I just like smooth talked her into letting me skip the line and take a table. And then you showed up and then this is where it like just kind of – it starts to fade. I know at some point someone brought over like shots to the table.
2: Oh, those were disgusting, the Vegas shots. What the – that tasted like NyQuil.
1: I, what was that? I, a Vegas bomb? I know it was there. I know I drank it. I don't remember too much of that. Like this is when it's getting away from me. This is where the mainstream media is really corrupt because no one is reporting on the fact that I didn't smoke any cigarettes, and I really deserve a lot of credit for that.
2: <laughs> you did. In, when we were in the suite, I remember you asking what was what was the policy
1: on cigarettes? <laughs> did the I? Suite. Yeah. Did I ask like a staff member that? <laughs> you just yelled it out. Oh. So I I guess we can talk about I alluded to it last week. Yeah. So with my buddies from Barcel, uh, we were able to procure the governor's suite. And when I say that to people like, Oh, that's a suite they have there? No, No, like the governor of the state, Larry Hogan, we had his private suite and it was like a bunch of Orioles fans, like my buddies, like they invited their friends. And I was like, great. Just send me pictures of the tickets. I'm just going to start bringing in my friends. And it was you and Jamie and then uh Tiana and Andrea. We, there was some random older couple we met from Vegas at Pickles. They came and hung out. Um And then at one point, I just grabbed Tiana and was like, yo, come with me. And I just went out in the walkway, like where the, the ramps when you go like back and forth to yeah, go up. Yeah. And just smoked the joint there until security came up and let me know that not only was I supposed to have a mask on, (laughs) I was not supposed to be smoking a joint.
2: You you tell me you're not allowed to smoke weed (laughs) at baseball
1: game. You're not not during a pandy. Um. So yeah, and I was I was not asked to leave though. I think I said I'm with the governor.
2: I was wondering why you were gone for so long, but I'm watching a game. I'm not really going to explore investigate, but I remember looking up at one point. I, like, yeah, Jack hasn't been around. For I a while. did at
1: one point leave for an extended period of time because my wife wanted a hot dog that's only available on the other side of the stadium. Was it the mac and cheese? Yeah, uh, mac and cheese dog. Yeah, Eric yes. was hyping that up. Yeah, so you got you know, you got to take care of your bitch. Um, and so yeah. And then I went to Pickles. I left with like maybe one out in the ninth inning, something like that. Yeah, you stayed for a while. I was going to get ahead of getting – I wanted to get to Pickles before everyone else so I could order food to go to bring to my hotel. And my wife was like, listen, I don't want to wait here with you, so I'm going to go upstairs. And I ordered an orange crush that they gave to me in like a fucking Slurpee cup and just stood there and drank it by myself. Like if (laughs) anybody was at Pickles and recognized me after the game (laughs) – Dude, I remember just—I was standing there with my mask pulled down around my chin, just fucking drinking this stupid huge <laughs> cup, waiting for terrible food. Um, It was—I was just standing next to like the bathroom door too. It was real like scumbag stuff. Did you stay and hang at Pickles, or you—you you brought? Your- I got my food. No. I left. I get into the hotel lobby. I need bottles of water and M and Ms. So I go to like the mini mart there. There are three Yankee fans from New York. And I know this based on their accent and the clothes they're wearing. Who their air conditioning wasn't working in their hotel, which is the worst, right? Oh yeah, it's awful. I totally get that. I don't know how long they had been there, how long they were trying to get this resolved, but the game had been over for maybe fifteen minutes. These people were fucking screaming. <laughs> Like I spent good money on this (laughs) and I was thinking to myself, I'm hammered holding a bag of food. I've got two bags of M&Ms in my mouth. I'm just holding them and three bottles of water and I'm just thinking like I think I paid $150 to stay here and then I'm just like not everybody's in the same socioeconomic situation that I'm in Uh, and then – I was like kind of had to panic a little bit, so I just stole the things. I didn't wait and pay. I just went to my room. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Desperation. I'd love to see the security footage of my drunk ass stumbling through a crowd of people because there was a line of people waiting to talk to them. And I got upstairs. I My wife is now listening to this podcast on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, whenever it is. Babe, I stole those M&Ms in that water. But the first thing I did, I got in the room and I go, is the air conditioning working? (laughs) Well, yeah, you gotta check once you hear the intel. I thought it might be, be a situation. Dude, I woke up again at five o'clock in the morning, but like that, a like drunk, like this sucks. At 6 a.m., if anybody was going by the Brooks Robinson statue, that was me smoking a joint out there next to the homeless guy asleep. That was, that's right, that's me, JJ from Brock's Pinstripes. <laughs> and then you just, ba- and then you bounced, uh, Sunday we bounced. Morning. Part of the the intrigue of the Hampton Inn was they had a continental breakfast, which if I have two options and one has a continental breakfast, I'll always do that. But I didn't factor COVID into it that like it wouldn't just be stuff out there because like if I could just grab a banana, a muffin, something to get into my face to just Mm -hmm. drive an hour and a half, I'm good. But it was like you have to like kind of order it and talk to people. So when I got off the elevator, I my head is throbbing and there was just a shit ton of people and I was like, nope, we're out, we're out stood outside yeah i'll starve i'd rather starve than talk to somebody right now i
2: totally get that
1: yeah we got in the car my wife is a hero drove us home we stopped at mcdonald's right outside baltimore oh yeah i ate a sausage egg mcmuffin and then i fell asleep just sitting up like this like i didn't even move i just i had my hands across my chest like i was a a corpse and i woke up when we were pulling into our driveway and my wife is like listen babe you're having a rough one, you know? And you know, my wife has had uh she like threw out her back recently when she's like you took care of me. You go upstairs and you take a nap. The baby will be home in about a half hour. Then when she goes down for a nap, I'll come into our bedroom and I'll give you the baby monitor and then I'm going to go get the dog. So you don't got to worry about anything today. Like you're my man's. <sighs> got home, got in bed with I I was eating a Pedialyte ice pop in bed that's how bad things were for me i hear my daughter and i'm like all right i'm gonna go stick my head out because i heard the door i knew my mother-in-law came now i hear my daughter upstairs i'm like all right i'm gonna give her a hug and then like go back to bed i think like pretty much every member of my wife's family came over to my house yesterday <laughs> she was like oh i've got your niece so her parents are coming over i'm like great awesome <laughs> awesome awesome Awesome. I just smoked half a joint outside 20 minutes ago, and now my FBI agent brother-in-law is coming over <laughs> to see the new house. Perfect. So I went outside, and I just started vacuuming my pool to, like, stay away from everybody. Of course. And, like I said, hi, you know, whatever, and then they left. But my neighbor was getting his yard mulched, so now I'm just smelling mulch. I almost puked in my pool. I was like, I go, I gotta go to bed. So the Yankees were up yesterday, and then I went to sleep at, like, 2 o'clock, woke up at 5, and we had lost.
2: Yeah, while you were dying at home, I was going to the Sunday game. And I can't I went believe into this, Yeah, I'm kind of a psycho. I went into this weekend saying, just give me two out of three. I'm going to all three. Just give me two out of three. But once I woke up Sunday morning, I was like, I fucking want the sweep.
1: And right you thought now. it was a John Mean Sunday.
2: Yes. And then once we found out Saturday night that he got scratched, I was like, oh, now now I really want the sweep. We go up 4 nothing in the first inning. Gary hits a rocket. Clint hits a rocket. I'm like, oh, this game's over. I, li- I literally said this game's over. I'm shit-talking you know we're we're good and jordan montgomery just pissed it away and on a day when the yankees offense gave him everything in the first inning he turned around and gave them nothing and i'm just sick of this fucking guy he's got a 4.75 era he has no put away stuff he nibbles he walks way too many people and i just think he's the most overrated player on the team and i'm tired of watching him pitch
1: so i think everything you said is true right mm-hmm. but i also think you're forgetting he's a number 5 starter on a league minimum deal.
2: Yeah, but people compare him to Andy Pettit and think he could be a two starter. He he's a three starter and his ex Fip is is amazing and his expected ERA is actually really good. I think I'm just tired of hearing fans try and defend him and justify him because he's bad. He's not a good pitcher. He's like objectively bad based on his numbers, but people love comparing him to Andy Pettit for some reason.
1: I think he's mediocre, and he's exchanged some text messages with Andy Pettit. And then, you know, it's to say it's Gary Garcia and Pedro. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, we talked about it last week how when Sevi comes
2: back, I'd like to see Montgomery bumped. I, I, think he's, I think he's their worst starter right now. I mean, him or Tyone is close. It's kind of however you want to play that. I just think Tyone might have a little bit more potential. Just the way that Gumby attacks hitters, I don't like. He's a nibbler. I don't like nibblers. I'm like Domingo attacks the zone. Herman gets up there. He works quickly and he throws strikes. Her, her, uh, Gumby labors. He's really slow and he nibbles. And I, I just don't like
1: watching him pitch. I mean, and he gave up the, what, three runs in the third inning and. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that it wasn't five. Like normally, it's like four or five. But we said last week, we said like, yeah, we're when we thought we were talking to Eric and we said we're going to face John Means. We were like, yeah, it's a matter of what what inning is Montgomery going to fold in on himself? Mm -hmm. If it's the sixth inning, you know, we've got some hope. In this case, it was the third. Done. It totally pissed it away, and I and
2: it's becoming a troubling trend. Right? We were up. 4-0 four nothing in Cleveland ready to sweep and blew that lead. We were up 3-1 against Houston, ready to sweep, we blew that lead and then we're up four nothing in the first inning against the Orioles and blow another sweep. That is a disturbing trend as this team cannot finish off sweeps. You got to finish off sweeps sometimes, especially against the
1: Orioles. And I
2: don't want to hear, "Oh, but it's two out of 3." Like, it's the fucking Orioles. Sweep them.
1: I saw a stat today, maybe it was Katie Sharp, maybe it was Lindsay Adler, it was a it, it was a lady uh, I think we're 3-11 and 11 in the last game of a series this year. By far the worst in baseball.
2: That and they're 1-6 when going for a sweep. They, they have one sweep. It was the Tigers. Yeah. And they, they lost the other ones. And it's frustrating when you see the trend like that. And what it does is it puts more pressure on you for the next series. If they would have swept, I'd be fine splitting in Texas. But now that they only took two out of three, it's like you've got to win three out of four. It puts more pressure on you for the next series. And it was just frustrating and especially with avoiding means, what you just alluded to. It was, it was right there for the taking. It's just, it's tough. And then Judge makes it 5-2. Like you had a 4-0 lead and a 5-2 lead and you blew both of them. It's just tough, man.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's a game that you should win. It's, you know, when the season's over, I think we can look at some of these series if we don't win at all and say that every game is a microcosm of the season. When we talk about like runners and scoring position and things like that, it's just blown opportunities. And when we have the opportunity to really put some length behind us, I mean, we could have been, you know, in second place, but instead we're a half a game back in third place, and it's still only may. So I'm not that worried um, because there are a lot of, it, it, it isn't though, like we came out of this week, with a four and two and like we took two or three from Tampa and that's great for us. And we took two or three and we should have taken all three from Baltimore. And we got out like pretty unscathed. Like we've got some problems. We we do. And, and it's
2: tough because, you know, in 2019 they started cold and then they went and Dan, maybe you can check this, but I think they had a run may or June where they went, they won like 23 of 27. Like they went on a, this insane run. Now they're playing better baseball, but they haven't went on that dominant, that dominant run yet. And when you start out six and eleven, you kind of need that dominant run. You know, you need to win nine of ten at a point, or you need to win sixteen out of twenty at a point, or whatever the fuck it is to kind of get back into the driver's seat. And they're playing better, but they're they're just not there yet. And you had two straight weeks where you could have went five and one, and you went four and two, and that's why it's annoying. And look, I'm happy they took two out of three of the race, but. Yeah, the Orioles series kind of kind of soured it for me. And, and look, it'll be interesting because you got four in Texas, where they traditionally have not played well, and then you got the best team in the American League, the White Sox, coming to town for three games. So I, I don't think this week is necessarily going to be easy, especially without Stanton.
1: Well, I mean, we still have not had our lineup all together because as soon as Voight comes back, we lose Glaber. Exactly. Well, that's just been the
2: story of this team for the past three years. And they say Torres can come back if he tests negative for two straight
1: days. Um, so maybe this weekend, maybe Friday, he'll be back. Maybe. I mean, I, yeah, cause I guess they're probably not rushing to get him. I guess he's probably just somewhere in Tampa, just quarantined. And that was like, we started, we, we recorded on Monday and then it was, um, 12 and then it was, Tuesday, I was driving my kid to swim lessons, and uh, I got a text from Eric. He was like, are you guys going to fuck this up and not come this weekend? And I was like, what happened? What are you talking about? And he was like, the, the Yankees' whole team has COVID. And then Karabas texted me like, why are you guys ruining the game? Um, and it ended up being what – at first it was six, and it ended up being seven like coaches and staff members and Glaber. Who just has like the worst luck with this? It's insane.
2: How do you? He had it in December. He's fully vaccinated, and like, he still got it. Like, yeah,
1: that is insane. I mean, that's just poor luck. I mean, I, I know a lot of people um, use that as like you know, oh, this vaccine work. The, the key is that like he'll be able to just come back. Yeah, because, they're all
2: asymptomatic. That's yeah, the whole fucking point. <laughs> yeah,
1: he'll he'll be able to just come back. I did get some heat from people because I didn't know someone had sent me a picture of Phil Nevin on a Zoom during like. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the MAGA hat. <laughs> and people were like, he was fully vaccinated and you don't even know that he has it. And then when I turned on ESPN, that game was on ESPN. I got home. I turned on and the first thing I said was like, so all we know so far is Phil Nevin definitely has it.
2: Of course. It was obvious he was going to get it.
1: But Not- you look at no Stanton,
2: no Torres for all three. I think if they have one of them, they sweep. Like give me one of those two that we yes. didn't have for the Baltimore series, and they're and they're sweeping and Stanton gets scratched. I'm sitting at Pickles, it's six fifteen. I'm I'm literally about to head into the stadium on Friday night, and he gets scratched with quad tightness. Boone's like maybe he could play tomorrow. Doesn't play the whole series. Earlier on in the, the day lineup. on
1: Friday, Boone was talking about him playing the outfield. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? And I know. I don't know if did Stanton go out there and do some outfield drills and that tightened it up? Oh, did did they just not know at that time? Because you know, hey, we're trying to you know find some depth, so Boone's just saying things that I don't know. But yeah, I mean, even with the like when it was like, oh hey, he's sitting Friday, I was like, all right, he just got to play Saturday, you know, and it's not a day game after a night game, and I'm like, all right, well now he's sitting like if it's not, and then I think we all got into the same boat of like if he's not playing Sunday, just exactly. IL him, so we're not you know we're not playing short handed because. It's bad enough as it is, where we've got Tyler Wade in there and Ryan Lemare. You know, like these are our. That's you know, when you think of Yankee center fielders, it's Bernie <laughs> Williams, Mickey Mantle, Slade Heathcott, Ryan Lemare.
2: No, you just echoed my. You echoed my thoughts because Friday. I'm like, all right, they won Friday night, so maybe they'll rest him Saturday. But once he wasn't in there Sunday, I was like, he, he's going to be going on the IL. This this is bad. You already have Hicks out. Who, let's be honest, Hicks is out for the season. If you think Hicks is gonna fight through this torn sheath in his wrist, I got a bridge to say you this dude will not play again for do the Do we end of this know year. what did he do I feel like that injury came out of nowhere? Yeah, well another one of Boone's wear and tear like they, they don't have a specific play they can point to. I guess the last game he played was when he he pimped that sack fly, the, the one nothing. Cole game and he he hasn't played since but look the guy was hitting 194 he's been a terrible defender this year his war is in the negative so what's his expected batting average though (laughs) frank was actually like oh his expected batting average is 240 i'm like well that's not good either still
1: sucks he's not doing he's not good enough to get to suck
2: this team needs an app they really need an outfielder all of a sudden you traded talkman hicks is probably after the year stanton's Who knows how long he's going to be out. I know he's a DH, but he still falls under
0: that outfield family. They're going to need an outfielder for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I'm so curious what we'll do because there are, you know, there, there was talk that we want to get a lefty, right? Yeah, the Morosi report today. Yeah. Um So then people start throwing like every lefty out there like maybe we get Rizzo. I don't know that that helps. I mean don't get me wrong. Anthony Rizzo is a great baseball player. But like that doesn't help us in the outfield. No, because you'd have
2: to move – I guess you'd move Void to DH and you'd attempt to move Stanton to left. But does anybody can't, think
1: he, – He's on he- the IL can't even jog out to left field, much less play the position. If he comes back in 10 days, if he's just on the 10-day IL and it was like, hey, he maybe could have DH'd after seven, but like, hey, we played it safe, a lot of season to go, whatever, then fine. But if he can't, then like any hope of the outfield is gone at all. Oh, totally gone. And look, look how
2: low the bar is. The bar is so low. I will be happy if Giancarlo Stanton plays 81 games. If he plays in half of our games, I'll be happy. And I know that sounds sad and pathetic. I feel like, in- yeah,
1: we're all being very dramatic. Like all the Yankees Twitter, he was, he's out for the season in everybody's mind.
2: But in 2019, I think he played in 12% of the games. And then yeah. last year he played in like 35% of the games. Fuck, 50%. That's a big jump. That's an upgrade. If he plays in half the games. Like, True. That's how,
1: that's how low the bar is for this guy. No, I think he's still – he gets to 30 home runs. For right now, it's just like – I mean we're in that contract. We're paying that contract. Yeah. yeah we have in. to. So there's no hope but – like there's nothing – no option but to be hopeful. I know. It's yeah. just frustrating, man. He doesn't even play the field. Like he can't go up there and take a couple of swings. Oh, it's embarrassing. Tightness. It's embarrassing <laughs> at his age to not be able to do that. To, you know, he's a young enough man that he should be able to play the field. He's obviously like he's in shape. He's chiseled. It's not like, oh, well, you know, he's been battling weight his whole career or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know what they like. Can you get a quad transplant over the summer? Like, do you just need a better one? Like, can you just wear tight, like sliding shorts? And it's the same thing with Hicks.
2: You can't even point to a play. You know that it happened. Like this stuff just comes up, and and I don't know, man. I feel like it might be a pain tolerance thing. You can't get up there, like I said, take four swings a game, five swings a game, whatever he would take with his at bats, and he can't
1: do it. You're not running it out. We know that. We knew that before this. I don't
2: even need you to run. Just get up there and swing.
1: Yeah. I'd like if they got a new sponsored section on yes, and it could be like sponsored by Montefiore. But just like Paul O'Neill's real reaction to injuries.
2: Yes, that is a fantastic idea.
1: <laughs> like on a game that he's not doing, which I also think it's great just talking about announcers that Ken Singleton, who lives in the Baltimore area, had to travel to New York to call the game that was played in Baltimore. <laughs>
2: it is back because of these
1: yeah. fucking stupid restrictions. Like that makes no goddamn sense at all. Um, yeah, I mean, you just gotta be hopeful with the stand thing. Yeah, Hicks, I just assume. Like, let's just get Florial up here. You know? Yeah, fuck it. Some of our minor leaguers are really mashing. We've got guys who are just like, oh, I got five home runs in four games. Um, like, I mean, not that I think any of those guys can really help. I think Florial's going to be in the major leagues this year, especially with, uh, Hicks probably out for the season. The one thing when it comes to all these trades though, is I've seen like a lot of names thrown out there. But we have handcuffed ourselves so much with the Hicks contract, with the – not that I think like we can't just walk away from him, but like Gardner being on a two-year deal, like anyone who we get. If we were to get like I saw the one sixty one guy said like Starling Marte because I just keep thinking everyone threw out at first like who's the guy who's going to hit a shit ton of home runs and I'm like I don't know maybe if we get a guy who plays good defense and is fast like the thing we don't have like Mm -hmm. that would be good Um, but like all these guys have like three years on their contract and it's like so what do we do you know are we going to give up like you know is Clint in one of those deals?
2: And that's a problem there because he can't play. I mean, he's been so bad in the field. He's hitting 150. Gardner. But if he if, could dive on every ball, if he could dive for every single fly ball. He, he, he takes a bad, he takes a bad route to the ball and then dives and makes a catch. And look, Gardner is, if you look up washed up in the dictionary, there's a picture of Brett Gardner's ball dome. This guy is so cooked. I don't think he got a ball out of the infield the entire series. I was there all weekend. I don't think he got a hit. He might have gotten one. He He just can't hit anymore. There's nothing else to it.
1: It's like when a college basketball player goes to the NBA and it's just like this season is longer, you know, like they hit that, like you're used to playing 30 games, we play 82. When it gets to like that 50th, 60th game, um, you know, he's, he's not, you know, the legs aren't there anymore. And that's just Brett Gardner in May. Intern Dan has an idea for a trade. All
3: right. I got a name for y'all. Uh, lefty. Outfielder. I'll do it. Jock, Jock Peterson. Fuck yeah. One year, $7 million, and I was looking it up. That's his contract right now, but the best part, he'd fit right in in New York. Uh, this thing says, by virtue of his Jewish heritage, he played
1: for the <laughs> Israel national team. He'd fit right in. Sure. I mean, i I wanted him over
2: Gardner in the offseason.
1: Honestly, not the worst uh, reasoning I've heard. World Series champ, clutch hitter. He's Jewish. Yeah, he's like a nice
2: guy. It, and the Cubs could be selling. The Cubs aren't really real contenders, so that's a team. Cashman and I, uh, all right, Theo's gone, but whatever. They could the, work it the out. The
1: Cubs are worried about crying about Lester tonight. That's their focus as fans. Well. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, our ex is coming back. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is with these – with the playoffs the way they are, more teams are in contention. It's like you don't even know when things – how things are going to shake out and when they're going to shake out. Cause we are at a point right now where we can't, I think like May, there's no move to be made today. No, i in, in May now. Yeah. Trades in May. Yeah. There's, there's no, and we're not desperate enough, you know, where it's like, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> no, we're not, gonna we're gonna not des- we're not may overpay desperate. Not yet. We might be June over May desperate, but they are going to they're going to need to do
2: something. The, the problem with Jock is he can't. I don't think he can play center anymore. May, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. The name I was going to throw out was Ben Benintendi. I don't really think he can play center either. But I remember against us, he killed the Yankees. His swing is perfect for Yankee Stadium. He's got one of those left-handed uppercut swings. He's got a really punchable face, and I hated him on the Red Sox. But I would love to add him at this point. He's got
1: great hair. He hit a cycle in Yankee Stadium in the playoffs. He did. He did something else. He did something else cool at one point. Oh,
2: he had like a game ending diving catch. He flexes. Else, yes. he flexes yeah, a flex. A flex a lot. He's a game he's a game changer. He, he wears is. his pants too high, huh? <laughs> okay.
1: What do you mean, Dan? Like his socks?
3: No. Go when he when he's up the bat, his like his pants are way too high. Like way up. Like that,
1: Billy I mean, I think that fits in perfect with the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Like CC's was too baggy and sagging. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously like we need lefty depth because the idea of like we're just going to throw any lefty into the, the third hole isn't, <sighs> you know, isn't going to be great. Starling Marte, he's a switch hitter. Um, he's been in MVP voting. You know, he's been like fourth in the MVP voting. He's won gold gloves. He's fast. Do you know this going to cost a ton? Uh, it's Jeter. We're trying to get him from though. We get a disc will be like, "Hey, listen, we've got the warranty on Stanton. You owe us." Do you know his wife died last year? No, Starling Marte's wife. I because I was researching him earlier. His wife like broke her ankle and was waiting to go into surgery and had a heart attack while she was waiting to go oh into surgery God. on her ankle. Yeah, he's got like two kids. Horrible I think
0: story.
1: Yeah, and he's only thirty two. But yeah, then, you know, we're getting to, people talk about getting, uh, grandkid. Oh, the Giants guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I he's hear good. him and
2: Gallo. Those are the two I hear the most, Joey Gallo, who we'll, who we'll see tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, Gallo has, he had a concussion early in his career. He had an, another injury that wasn't too big because he also, he's a big guy. So that's my immediate thing whenever I hear someone, I'm like, I don't, are we going to get another monster who's like going to fall apart pretty quickly? But to get a guy like Gallo, I mean, that's, that's a big name to get as, like, hey, we're trying to, you know, just plug some holes here. He is. He is a big name, and he's kind of another one of those
2: big, hairy monsters. Ben Tenney's more one of those 5'11 guys who's athletic. He makes contact. He plays every game. That's why I kind of want him. I think he's got maybe two years of control um but no they're gonna have to do something look the last two years they did shit at the deadline and they got bounced and i think this year no matter what they have to do something whether it's another arm whether it's an outfielder
1: lefty bat whatever like you can't stand pat for a third year in a row no we we definitely can't stand pat uh but like with joey gallo it's like oh do we need another right fielder who can lead the league in strikeouts Right now, okay. yeah. If he
2: can't, if we get anybody that can't play center, like we still have the center field problem. Brett Gardner cannot be starting playoff games in center field. No, and I would love, I would love to say, yeah, Florio's going to fly through AAA and come up. But who the fuck knows?
1: Well, you hope so. I mean, they say with prospects that the less time they spend in AAA, the better. Like AA is when they see if you're going to be yes. a guy or not. And to be in AA and, and through it already, I mean, it gives hope. He hope, but John, we definitely he's we need twenty five.
2: I mean, he could definitely play the field. I think he's like a plus defender from everywhere. Yeah. It can't be any worse than Hicks jogging after balls and
1: lollipopping throws zone. home. <laughs> yeah. And we don't need like – and I, I think this is the thing that we are terrible with as a fan base is like we have heard the name Estevan Florial for a long time. How many of us have done any, like, research into how good he is or, like, what he's done or what his skill set is? And now I'm not talking about me and you and Dan and people who, like, get on a podcast and, you know, are, are trying to really, you know, have something to talk about here. I'm talking about, like, the common fan who's just like, I don't know, I heard this guy's name, so he's got to be the best, like Jason Dominguez, like Gary Sanchez, like, like Garcia. Like, we hype these guys up so much that if you are just – like, if you come up and you're the eighth best center fielder in the league, like, you are terrible to us. And so I think we yeah. need to measure our expectations a bit.
2: We do, and from everything I've read about him, he's really athletic, he's a great fielder, and he, sh- he just kind of struggles with off-speed, I guess, pitch recognition. He can't really hit curves or changes or whatever, but, I mean, if he comes up and hits 250 and plays good defense, I'll take it. But Gardner is a 180 hitter. Like, like we we have too many fucking guys hitting under two hundred. Clinton, I don't know, one forty eight. Gardner's at buck ninety. San- Sanchez is, has been better, but he's still under two hundred. Like, forget about having three hundred hitters. We need guys to get over the Mendoza line.
1: Now here's the thing with Florio. like he's across. You know, he was only batting two twenty nine in double A. Like he hit four. He hit four home runs in nine games, but. We need a guy who's gonna get on base that, you know, he's not, he's not a career power hitter. He's not, but look, I like the timing of this. You call him up on May
2: 17th. He's got two months to yeah. see if he can hit AAA pitching, and if he doesn't, you can you can trade for somebody. It's apparent they have to do something. It goes back to your quote that you said, probably my favorite thing you've ever said on this podcast, for a team that has so much, we really have so little, because every year we come in with this quote-unquote championship caliber roster, and we're always a piece or two short at the deadline, always. And we are again. It's We are again. It always happens. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I, I've just assumed Hicks, or here's what Hicks will do. Hicks the team will tell him he's done for the year, and then he'll go do the opposite of that in Arizona and just go work out or you know do whatever, whatever he feels like doing to come back to watch pitches for the playoffs. It's sad when you look at like the i don't know
2: his body parts that have been injured, it's like the chest the the quad, the hamstring, the elbow, the shoulder the all wrist, the golf the muscles <laughs> all the golf muscles. What a what a terrible contract! Something I am uh, actually happy about on a positive note: the catching situation. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I suggested that Higgy should catch, you know, our number one and number two, and Gary could catch the other three. You kind of laughed and called it a hazing situation, yeah. but Ka- Cashman and Boone seem to like it. It seems to be working. Uh, you know, Gary has been heating up a little at the plate. A ho- couple of home runs this weekend. Higgy has done a good job catching Cole and Kluber, and I think that's kind of how they're going to go: is like a 40. 50-50 split, keep them both fresh and keep them working with who they want to work with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've said all along that Kyle Higashioka will eventually probably be exposed. Like If he is an everyday starting catcher, will be exposed. If you let him focus on catching the pitchers that want him to catch them and finding a couple hits here and there, don't get too big of a head, don't get too full of yourself, like, I'm fine with that. A uh, every once in a while. Yeah, and let – you know, and g- unless we're going to make a trade, we're not winning the World Series with Kyle Higashioka as our starting catcher and Gary Sanchez on the bench. We're not, but I
2: think what they're doing with the catching position is what you see with a lot of NFL teams with running backs. Is like it's not one guy that gets all the carries. They're, they're almost going to a two-back yes. system, if you will, whether, whether that's 60-40, whether that's 70-30. I like that because it keeps them both fresh. They both had injury problems. I I like it. Do a nice 60-40 split and, you know, maybe they can, you know, Gary can get to 20 homers at that. And, you know, if Higgy can hit some bombs and Cole has a 1.5 ERA with him and Kluber has a sub three, we're we're good. Yeah. You keep Cole
1: happy. Like Cole's pitching cancels out any possible lack of offense. So, and if Kluber who, you know, Kluber's figuring it out. There are some games, some innings where he's a little shakier than like he gets into the, like, What Kluber has the ability to do, what guys like Cole have the ability to do, is have a rough inning, a shaky inning, and most of the time work through it, could load the bases up and get out of it, which a lot of our guys don't have that mental fortitude yet. Montgomery. (laughs) And, but he could also give up a run or two, go in the dugout, come back, different guy, the next inning. Like he doesn't, they don't let them eat at it, and if that is something that is happening from cat, you know, Higgy catching them, great. If that's something from just them working together, great. Like I'll take it. Um, I'm curious if it is just like, hey, you're gonna just catch these guys. Like how it's communicated internally, because it is like a power rankings.
2: It is, and there are a lot of people that are against the personal catching situation. I've heard Scott and Andrew kind of rag on it before, but I think it makes sense. You build a relationship, you work with a guy, you get to know him, follow him around. Like it make, it kind of makes more sense to me to always do a, a personal type thing, match certain
1: catches up with certain pitches. I, I kind of like it. I mean, I think that we put a lot of emphasis on the catching position because of Gary's first year and like you know really the first couple of years with the you know big offensive numbers, but those offensive numbers are not normal for a catcher by any stretch, and so we think of it really from that side of the ball I mean we're the Bronx bombers, we are fans who like to see home runs, so we think of it offensively and Maybe we look at the like, hey, you know, how's he doing a blocking balls, kind of, you know, shit. But really, we're looking for home runs. That's just who we are as a fan base, and we're not factoring in like, is this making the catchers more, the pitchers more comfortable, you know? And because we had Posada for so long, and Posada had some really good seasons. Posada is a great Yankee, but Posada was never, you know, an MVP caliber. I'm going to go out here and hit a million home runs, and he was a really good hitting catcher. Yeah, no, exactly. He was a stud. He was a stud for a while. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot
2: about the pitching, catching relationship, what they do to prep for games. And we obviously have no insight into that process, the scouting report, what they look at and what their plan is. But, look, it's clearly important.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, listen, you, you got to play the hot hand, which is not what Aaron Boone normally ever does. <laughs> like, I thought there was no chance that after Judge had two home runs on Friday, I was like, there's no way he's playing Saturday. Like, you got to get him a day off. If Stanton too. was in the lineup, Judge would have had the day off.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And they DH'd him Saturday and Sunday just out of desperation because they want to keep him fresh, but they
1: needed makes his sense. bat in the lineup. That makes yeah. sense. And that's the flexibility of having a DH spot open. I mean, granted, you know, Stanton is a David Ortiz esque cal- S caliber player. So you don't want to clog that up, but like he's still young enough to play. I mean,. If it's a World Series, what are we going to do? Yeah, game three in L.A. You sitting him on the bench? <laughs> or, or now, oh, I'm going to start him in left field. He hasn't seen the outfield in four years. The first time, right? Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's tricky. It, it's really tricky, and we've seen it. I mean,
2: I remember in two thousand and nine, Matsui was hitting a home run every single at bat, and he couldn't play in the three games in Philly. Still hit a pinch hit home run in game three. Yeah, still won the World Series MVP, but losing his bat,
1: you know, did hurt for those road games. So we've seen that before. And at least Matsui was old. You know, it was like yeah, a, well, yeah, yeah.
2: he was thirty six in the last year yeah. of his contract,
1: and already been through like a huge box of porn. Huge porn guy. That's hilarious. Biggest porn guy
2: there is. The best quote ever was like, how did you, the year he broke his wrist in 2006 and the reporters are, how did you spend your time on the IL? And he goes, watching movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. He went and played, he played in a rec league after he retired in New York on Roosevelt Island. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't know about that. Um, He pitched and he had to bat right-handed and he paid for the team's like registration and jerseys like he was like I guess like a team was playing and he walked by and was like can I play like I will I'll essentially buy the team and then the league was like you got a bat right-handed and he was like can I pitch and they were like yeah sure he is one of the rare Yankees
2: that everybody liked like I've never met a Yankee fan that didn't like or love Hideki Matsui and it's hard to do our fan base is a bunch of pricks sometimes yeah. oh yeah I mean
1: I'm trying to think of any other – I think Geo
2: is similar to that. Like everybody kind of loves Geo.
1: I think of this group. So I think everybody likes Geo, but if Geo got traded – we'd get over it very quickly. I think, like, you know, Matt Suey obviously, he won a World Series for us at the end. He, you know, he had the big home run his first game at Yankee Stadium. Yep. He had the, the games played streak when he came. And that's just a big thing for us. It's just play games. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he when he broke his wrist, he apologized. He issued a statement
2: apologizing to the Steinbrenner family and the fans for, for missing time. And now, now we have Stanton sitting yeah. out with quad tightness. Yeah.
1: Now. It's very different. So I dove for a ball. I played as hard as I could. I've been doing this for a thousand games straight, I'm very sorry. Other guys are like, ah, my my quad doesn't feel good. Some of these guys, I'm like, I do even know where your quad is. Just like, I have an ouchie.
2: And that's the thing, like, is he's going to, like, it pisses me off to think about it, that he's going to boon with that. Like, come on. uh, uh, I I don't want to talk about Stan anymore. Two positive injury updates. Zach Britton, Luis Severino, both through to live hitters uh, this week. Sevy touched 96. Britain apparently looked good, very, very encouraging. Apparently, Britain is going to be back at the end of this month.
1: Yeah, well, Britain was just just cleaning up the elbow. Yeah, you know, it's not like a major. Like you, obviously, you have to work your way back. Any surgery is a uh, uh, an important surgery. It's all life threatening, et cetera, et cetera. But like that's what we expected. We expected him to be back. I think when we put on our cautious Yankee fan, we're scarred hats. We said June. We get him the end of May. Like, that's good. That helps solidify the ballpen. The ballpen has been great. I mean, Chapman's been on, you know, on another planet. And to a certain extent, and it is a Yankee fan, and especially the, like, the recent Yankee fan, it's like, ah, well, when's he going to get hurt? You know? Yeah. And we never yeah. thought about that about Mariano.
2: Never. I, yeah, I think he went on, other than the torn ACL in 2012, I, I think he only had one arm injury in, like, maybe 04, 05, like one. That was it. Yeah, he didn't didn't even
1: miss time when he pushed his nephew in that pool. Um, I went to Panama for a bachelor party, and um, when we got – we had a limo pick us up at the airport. The limo was maybe from 1986, (laughs) and my buddy just said, can you take me – can you take us to see where Mariano Rivera kills people to the driver? And I was like, dude, we're about to go through a fucking machine gun car wash like Sonny Corleone. Like, you can't <laughs> say that shit. Yeah, I was scared. I was scared for a bit there.
2: I bet. But no, I think the success of the bullpen this year has kind of overshadowed the Britain loss. But it's yeah. still a huge loss. And as these innings pile up and you get into July and August and these guys get tired, it's going to be so huge having him back. And he was their best reliever last year. Yeah, like Britain. Yeah, you know, you It's a fireman. You bring him in and you can bring him in the sixth, the seventh, or the eighth to get double
1: plays. He can go, you know, one point two, one point one innings sometimes is yeah. key. Like he's gonna have to he's gotta do some work. You know, it's like, ah oh, yeah, obviously you've gotta work your way back up and feel healthy and all that stuff, but like we need you here, Zach. Like we need some real work out of you. Um, you know, going on back to back days and, and, and shit like that, because when we can give Chapman you know some time, and I don't want to interfere with Chapman's stats, but at the same time, I also don't care about his saves. If it's like, "Hey, listen, you just save you know two games in a row. we know we can go to Britain and feel comfortable and Louiska has been good, but we're all still on edge a little bit. We'll see him. I see a neck tattoo. I get nervous, him
2: and Chapman both have it That's and then- anywhere in life, oh, for sure, and with Sevy. Kind of look, I know it might be a little unrealistic. Part of me is hoping we get to see him in Philly, maybe for one of those two games. Like, he just threw to live hitters. That's about a month away. Like, I think he's going to be back in June. I really do. He, what's the next step on Seve? I believe the next step would be, I don't know,
0: more, more live
1: pitches, maybe go 40. Tw- you think he's throwing 20 pitches at extended spring training to live hitters after missing a year and a half? and we're going to see him in a month. In a month? Yeah. No. Maybe. Is, no. that
2: that, is that that ridiculous?
1: No, I think beginning of June he starts a rehab assignment and we'll see him for like around 4th of July. For America. When Joe Biden yeah, lets us cool. out of our houses. I think we have the Mets 4th of July weekend. That could be cool. That's fun. Yeah. 4th of July is on a Monday, too, I think. It is. So
2: yeah, I guess we have a weekend. I guess the the Mets is that weekend. Series yeah. second, third and yeah, fourth yeah, or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, people are excited about it, and then we play them at, at City Field on nine eleven. Yes, yikes! I saw people like I'm going to a nine eleven game, and I'm like, all right, have fun with that. <laughs> Just like a morbid reason to be like, I oh, finally I'll go to Center Field, I'll go to City Field. That's how I've people talk about City it. Field. It's uh, it's yeah, it's a similar structure to Yankee Stadium in terms of like the construction because they were built at the same time. Um, they have a big 42 monument, uh, for when Mariano Rivera pitched there in the All-Star game. (laughs) Um, and they have Pat LaFrieda steak sandwiches, which I think are cooked, uh, more like medium well, and that's trash. So. Yeah, and I don't get the hype with shake. I had Shake Shack once and my stomach was dying. You can get Shake Shack. You can get Shake Shack at Yankee Stadium. We're at 18th and Market. <laughs> yeah, you can get it <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, you get it. That's everything. Like they always hype up the food things because obviously I do the food stuff. Um, they always hype up like chain restaurants. It's like we got a Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, oh, man, how would we get that? And people have tried to
2: sell me on City Field. Like you're a food guy. You do stadium eats. You, you do all this stuff with food. I don't give a shit. I, I could go to a game and not eat anything. Like to me, there's no there's no pull with that. Just give me a
1: hot dog and, and beers and I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm an experienced guy, you know, but I like to do shit like go to like the gov. Go to the gov Yeah, no, nah. <laughs> the gov is that what we're calling it? Yeah, that's what we were calling it all week. <laughs> Leading up to it, we're like, oh, we've got the gov.
2: Uh, what do you think happens in Texas?
1: Um, I, I, yeah, I think we get three or four, which is enough to keep it. Um, how are their pitchers? I haven't really done much with scouting. Dude, I know nothing about the Texas Rangers. I just know that I don't know what
2: the stats are here. I feel like we don't play well. In Arlington. We don't play well, we don't play well
1: in Arlington, but it's a new building. Yeah, that looks like an airport. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a grill. It it looks like you could open it up and do some burgers on it. Um, I mean, I think Cole goes out and shoves tonight. Uh, Tonight, I'm not worried about it. I think Kluber goes out and shoves. So that's our two. Then it's a matter of does Herman step up or Does Tyone, I just kind of always view Tyone like, uh, like a kid brother who's just like kind of following Cole and his friend Kluber around, like, can I come guys? Can I come guys? It's like, I don't know, can you? He's got
2: a baby face too. Yeah.
1: Accurate. He should never do an interview without a hat on though. No, yeah, he's got, right. It's like, he's He's got got a, he's got an awful hairline, but he's just got like the little, like little thing that sticks up in the front, but like the front is actually the middle of his head. So it kind of makes him look like Jack Black's roommate in, um, um, school of rock.
2: <laughs> he's goofy looking. One thing that me and my dad talk about a lot is mound presence. You know, Cole has presence on the mound. Araudis Chapman presence on the mound. Tyone does not. Like, he just looks, looks timid out there. He reminds me a little of Phil Hughes. Like, he's got decent stuff. He throws, he throws strikes, but he can't really put guys away. And he allows a ton of runs with two strikes and two outs. I don't know what the numbers are on that, but it always seems like he just can't finish innings. I tweeted last week. He reminds me of like a defense in football that just can't get off the field on third down, and not being able to finish innings is a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's you know, can you close? Can you? It's not even like you know, getting through a whole game. It's like, can you get back to the dugout? You yes. know, you're out there. You know, all you need is to get strike. back to that dugout. One more. Strike. Can you get to that dugout? And he hasn't
2: been able to do it. And this is one of the reasons. One of the reasons I don't like analytics is because last week he pitched like shit. I think he let up five or six runs, but everyone's like, "Oh, but he had nine strikeouts and only one walk. Like that's a
1: really good FIP or whatever." I'm like, "Well, he didn't pitch well. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I didn't feel comfortable. I couldn't take a nap. No,
2: no. But yeah, no. I think they will. I mean, if I had to." Guess I say they win the Cole game, the Kluber game, and the Hermann game. I'm really excited about Herman. He's been really good. He had three bad starts. They sent him down. He
1: came up. He's been yeah. Gone. I mean, that's always like, you know, we get on players. That's what we do as fans and as, you know, podcasters, whatever. But when I see guys make adjustments and just feel like they're trying, you know, it's not just like, oh, I went out there and did the same shit and hope for a different result. That's what I like. You send Herman down. You give Glaber a talking to, and now he's scoring from first base on an infield single. Like that's yep. the shit that we are always looking for. And he's he's made those adjustments. He's trying to overcome a lot in his life too. You know, to a certain extent, like people are always – people still bring it up about Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been no additional incidents. And people have their views. Some people, it's a death penalty if you, if you do that. Um, but – Chapman still comes out like Herman, it's gonna be a thing that dogs him, but you can play out of that. You know, you can change the narrative about you by performing well on the field and continuing to do the things off the field that got you back to being able to be on the field. Exactly.
2: And I know they got married right before the season, um, him and his wife. And he's got a 3.62 ERA. He's been, he's been throwing strikes. He works quickly. And the thing is, he's never going to go out there and throw eight shutout, but we talk about the Yankees having a five run offense. Every game that he pitches, they're in. It's never like, Oh, Herman starting the games over in the third inning, like with Tyone and Montgomery sometimes. Like he keeps them in every single game he starts. And when you have a great offense, like that's all you really need to do.
1: He really, it was after the first inning of the the game he pitched in Detroit. Like, he put his nuts on the table and was just like, I gave up a couple runs. I had the bases loaded. I got out of it. I'm back. Let's grind. <laughs> Looking at our lineup for tonight's game, and now when you're listening to this, this is over. I mean, do you think there was any consideration to, like, what if we DH for the shortstop and let Cole hit? I am.
2: Look, I'm just pulling it up now. Uh, again with Wade. Yeah, I, I would think about
1: it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm looking up Cole's bat. I mean, he just played, he played in the national league for a while. I feel like you, you at least get like a, like a gutsy at bat out of him. You would. He's going to,
2: you know, he's going to study the other pitcher. He loves studying pitching. He looks good in this turtleneck too, man. The Cole with the turtleneck look in this graphic fits well. He's a career
1: one sixty three hitter. What's Wade? One (laughs) sixty four. He hasn't he hasn't batted since two thousand seventeen. He never hit in Houston. Oh yeah, I forgot Houston's in the American League. I'm a more. I always forget. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean,
2: I'll say Wade's career one eighty eight.
1: How many home runs do you think Eric Cole has in his career? Hitting uh, two, three. Ooh, okay, that was cool. How many does Tyler Wade have? Oh, he's, it's alone. Three? It's like 13. Well, he doesn't have 13 bombs. I, I think There's that, no way. I think in his career. Does he? I was going no, to No, he has six. Oh, he has six. Okay, six. <laughs> it was stolen bases. He has 13. Okay. So, wait. So, in 370 plate appearances compared to Garrett Cole's. Hmm. Wow. Garrett Cole has 286 plate appearances. That's I mean yeah he was with Pittsburgh for what five yeah five six, years sixty at bat seventy one plate appearances in two thousand fifteen. I'd still I would think about it, dude. When
2: Cole is going to hit in the National League parks this year in interleague play, whenever that is, I am going to be holding my breath. If if he gets hit, we are going to start a fight. <laughs> but you know what? I'm well,
1: throwing I, hands. Ah, it's just always just being. We were we're an asymptomatic COVID test away from Tyler Wade as a short
0: starting shortstop.
1: <laughs> Come on, Glaver, test negative,
2: man. We need you. And and look, when's Odor? We haven't really talked about him in a while. He was supposed to be right around ten, eleven days. I think it's been about I don't know thirteen, fourteen days. Could really use him. Um, I guess Wade. I guess he can't play shortstop. But fuck, any anything
1: but Wade. Yeah, They're but going
2: we're- Gary DH too and Higgy catching, which is interesting.
1: Well, I mean, we know Higgy was going to catch Cole. Uh right. it gives Gary some more at bats. We're playing yeah. a hot hand, which we don't normally do. Yeah. Um Gio is, you know, he's, he's I love Gio, clean He's had some some elbow problems. He's dealt with, you know, some knee stuff. So there is the the opportunity though if Odor comes back and the move with Stanton was Abreu. And I think you know, informed people are thinking it's the same thing when Abreu came up last time. We just we need arms. We gave up 10 runs yesterday. Bring an arm for a day or two, and then Odor probably comes back. Like, I would imagine we see Odor back in Texas.
2: Uh, Ooh, Dan, se- you, Dan, report that out. You found it.
1: Uh, so,
3: yeah, ESPN two days ago, they said Odor knee won't return from the injured list when first eligible. Uh O'Dor reportedly has a chance to return when the Yankees travel to take on his former team, but will most likely be uh come back when team begins homestand next Friday.
2: That's alright. So just see get that. through this. So okay. Abreu, one of these games will be a blowout, and Abreu will they'll pump him out for 50, 60 pitches and send him to Scranton.
1: Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. i say bring it O'Dor down the taxes, but I don't like with uh COVID, like are you trying to put a major baseball now. player yeah. on, like, on a a commercial flight. Because, like, for something like this, they would just put him on a commercial flight to come meet the team. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Hal, it is. spend that fucking PJ money. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Get a net jet sign out in center field and just call it a wash. <laughs> like, if nobody thought to do that, if none of these teams have made an advertising deal to fly their players around... They should at least have a helicopter, like have the helipad ready to go to Scranton from the West Side Highway. Just like, hey, we're out. <laughs> be a lot more fun. I don't no, know. I, I like, enough where, I, good enough I, like I don't love where we are as a team. Like we obviously – we could be better. We, we're having a hard time closing out games. But like we're getting better and better. It's tough to get super worried in May after the April we just had. So I'm trying to stay optimistic. I'm hoping that – Stanton is back in, you know, seven days now because retroactive. And, uh, you know, we can get things back to rolling. I hope Glaber's all right. And he, you know, he was just kind of getting going. He was finding confidence. and not worry about that. But from what we've seen of him, okay, he showed up out of shape last season. It was talked about. He, you know, he came into spring training ready to go this year. He struggled. He had some mental errors. He got talked to. He turned it around. And so I like to imagine that he is just chomping at the bit to get back and he's gonna be ready to go.
2: And I believe he's number one in defensive runs saved at shortstop, uh, through whatever day through May seventeenth, somehow, which he, he has cleaned up the air since that first week of the season. He's improved a lot defensively, so
1: that's some another good thing we can say about him. There we go. We love the guy. I mean Listen, Baltimore is still kicking my ass. I'm old man. I am old. When's your next game you think gonna be? I don't know. I was actually looking at the calendar. Yeah. Cause I've got a buddy coming down here this weekend to like come see the house and, and whatever. Um, and it'll be the first weekend I can go in the pool. Sure. So it's like, I'm not leaving that. I was thinking maybe that first weekend of June. Uh, oh, the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about maybe trying to talk you into like skipping out of work at like 4, 4.30 ah, on that Friday. Friday. Uh, you, you might m- be able to do that. My wife's got a friend coming down for the weekend to go to like a baby shower or something like that. So like she's gonna get into town on Friday. She's coming from New York. So I think she's getting down here on Friday. So it's like ah, I could sneak away. You guys can catch up, talk about life or whatever. Okay. You know. What time? uh So you think we'd leave around four? I figure that that would make it. You know, that makes us competitive to get in there for first pitch. Yeah. No, I uh, think think you might be onto something. Yeah, we'll just, talk offline. Yeah, like just a quick possible, like up and back. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Let's
1: talk offline. All right. Well, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbynyy. n y y. Dan, you got anything else you want to say to the people? Uh, not much. I'll August say,
3: 23rd in Atlanta. Might be going to that game. August 23rd. Atlanta. In Atlanta. It's my Atlanta. birthday.
2: Oh,
1: it's a weekday, oh, right?
3: Mine's, mine's the 17th. That's why I was going to game. Uh, it's, a, it's a Monday.
1: See, I wanted them to play in Atlanta this year, but I want it to be a weekend. I love that stadium. I love that I whole heard it's area. To go see it. The area outside of it is like, that's another place where I can just get lost in a blackout. Atlanta's great. Yeah, no, it, um... Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. August 17th's your birthday? Yep. Uh, look at us. We're half birthday twins. <laughs> something to celebrate, right? That's something you never thought you'd hear a grown man say to you. <laughs> you can follow him at Juski99. Follow show at George's Box Pod. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Listen, we went 4-2 and two last week. It's more wins than losses. You just keep winning series. You win the pennant. You win the World Series. We'll see you at the parade.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.